When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 5 from Chemist Warehouse. Only 1724. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. scored the first try in this game and they've scored the last but what happened in between was 43 unanswered points from the Springboks Max Verstappen comes out of the final corner Max wins the British Grand Prix it's the first time he's won it as the British Grand Prix the second time he's won here at Silverstone Lando Norris finishes in a brilliant second Lewis Hamilton in third two British drivers will be celebrating on the podium Piastri finishes in fourth his best finish in Formula One fifth place for Russell Yes, good morning. Is he kept for breakfast? SCNZ, a little sneak peek to what we got coming up on the show. Is he and Kempi for breakfast? SCNZ, it is five past six. Hope you enjoyed that rural roundup with Andy Thompson and Joey B running the cutter. They've been busy, they've been traveling around the country doing a stellar job representing farmers and SCNZ. Great to see the banner flying 
all over the country. Stay tuned. We've got a big show for you today. We've got Manny Burke. I reminisced yesterday with the champion, the legend that is Manny Burke. I watched him just absolutely destroy us for years. It's been a long time between Australians drinking out of the Bledisloe Cup. Well, I spoke to him about that. I wonder if he still has memories. It was that long ago. Stay tuned after eight. We'll be talking about that. Ken Laban talking state of O. And we're also going to be talking Formula One. Mad Max continues. But some would say it's a little bit closer than it looks. He is dominating. Before the changes and regulations, eh, qualifying. And, and Lewis Hamilton is happy where the sport is at. But good morning to you, Mr. Tony Kemp. Hey, morena, morena, atamari, brother. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's that time of year where Origin, you don't know whether or not Queensland are going to get a clean sweep. And I'm looking forward to talking to Kenny Laban this morning because it was way back in the early 80s when me and him used to sit down in his little house as uh, he was, his job actually was to live in front of the Prime Minister out at Lower Hutt and look after the Prime Minister. Um, out of, out in front of the house, he was the he was because he was a cop. He was actually the policeman that st- mm. that lived right in front of his house. And uh, me and him were centres for the club Randwick. There, I was a, I was a seventeen year old. He was obviously an old man, um, but I used to go around there every Origin and uh, re- watch the replay uh, once the video came out. You know, because back in those days, as we didn't have Sky TV. We had to wait till uh, it made the video store and it was first in, first serve. And Kenny uh, obviously had some contacts down there being the the, uh, the man that he was. And we'd get that and go around and watch it. So a lot of water has gone under the bridge there. But Origin, mm. can Queensland get the clean sweep? They're $1.65 favourites to do so at the TAB. So uh, I was really surprised at that, given the fact that it's in New South Wales. But... Mate, should be good chat because uh, there's also chat of it coming to New Zealand. Everyone and their dog saying uh, it should be here. Um, but yeah, keep a keep a ear out for off the back fence because I've got a bit of a different view about that. Oh, Kempi's coming off the back fence in regards to state of origin and uh, the one and only fire all not Ken Laban is going to give us a little inside look. He's well, you sent through some photos, Kempi. He's been rocking it with the rock stars over in Australia. One with Wayne Bennett, who has been. Wow, just really cementing the opportunity that's potentially going to be available for State of Origin in New Zealand. But there is plenty of sport coming up. We've got Wimbledon, we've got Formula One. What do you got, Sammy Hewitt? Yeah, boys, look, lots happening uh, yesterday and uh, and overnight as well over in Wimbledon. Uh, I'll just quickly run you through the Formula One yesterday, like you mentioned, Max Verstappen. Uh, uh, picking up another race win this year, that's his eighth of the season. Red Bull have won all uh, 11 races this year so far. That's 11 victories in a row, uh, equals McLaren's record back in 1988. Phenomenal that it's lasted this long. And they are just flying. And you mentioned the regulations that came in last year to try and make the cards a little bit more even. Uh, salary cap introduced as well. Um, yeah, looking to try and uh, bring the racing a little bit closer together. But here we are with Red Bull by far and away <laughs> out in front. Max Verstappen doing an absolute number. The good news, I guess, for British fans over at Silverstone is that they had both Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton finish in second and third. That's great for the British crowd. 160,000 turned up to the race day, uh, something like 410,000 across the weekend, 160,000 for race day. Uh, and then Oscar Piastri, the Australian driver, it's probably the closest we'll come, uh, boys <laughs> here, to having an Australasian in Formula One until... Um, until our very own uh, Liam Lawson gets a shot. But he finished in fourth, very close to his first podium, and really probably one of the only rookies doing well in uh, in 2023. So uh, lots to get into with Luke Smith coming up a bit later on in the show.
Lando Norris, seventh podium of his career, and good to do it at home. Um, came close. Got past Max Verstappen on the first corner, and then uh, Max, Mad Max, doing what he does best, just gets his nose in front and then send it to, sends it home. But great win, great opportunity for the British racing. And just on our New Zealand racing, our own backyard, yes, Oscar Piastri, he's over in Australia. You've got Daniel Ricciardo, who's getting a little sneak peek at a return redemption for Ricciardo. But our very own Liam Lawson must be close, Kempe. And there's a young kid, Louis Sharp. I played golf with his dad down here in Christchurch. He is going great guns. Obviously, Liam Lawson's over in Japan with the Japan GP. But this guy, Louis Sharp, he's in the F2, and he is great guns. Yeah, he has a name for the future. I remember you talking about him and uh, you know saying that you'd played golf with his father down there. The, mate, the, mm. it'd be great to get uh, you know a Kiwi in there sitting on the standing on the podium with Verstappen. You know, have you ever thought? Have you ever thought with Red Bull? Because I often have this thought with Red Bull, and you see the little Red Bull cars driving around with a Red Bull can on the back of it. Mm. Is that how they make their money? Yeah, it's amazing that a one drink makes them plenty. They are everywhere in terms of sport. It's not just your your, your traditional sport. They do a lot of uh, mountain biking, um, you know, aerobatics, aeroplanes, skiing. They're a lot. They're all sport, aren't they? And they make their money from that drink, Kimpy. And the the here has just passed away, and he's passed it over to his young son, who, from what I'm reading. He's a bit of a partier. Loves it. So he'll be enjoying the, the, old Red Bull the and cherishes and, and the, the, big, the big, <laughs> the the big bank account that, <laughs> that comes with. Look, let's be honest. I don't, I don't drink Red Bull. It's, I've gone to the days of a Red Bull vodka in town and just gone home. My heart's absolutely beating out of my chest. I won't be doing that anytime <laughs> soon. But Red Bull, they are absolutely dominating. It'll only be a matter of time, Kempe, before... They wrap this up, yeah. You know, like he's he's miles ahead. I think he's over a hundred points ahead in terms of the um, driver standings. And the next best is uh, his teammate Sergio Perez, and then you got Ashton, Aston Martin's Fernando Alonso in third. I think in the next four races, there's still a hell of a lot of racing left. Four or five races, this will be wrapped up, and Max will get another championship. Um, yes, a, it is getting closer with regulations, but I think it'll be wrapped up, wouldn't it, Sammy? Yeah, well, here's a stat for you: um, is if uh, if Fernando Alonso over the next seven races uh, won every single race and Max Verstappen finished fifth in those exact seven races, that would allow Fernando Alonso to overtake him in points. So he's got to win <laughs> seven in a row, and I don't even know if Fernando's won a race. Well, no, he hasn't won a race this year because it's all been no, Red Bull. Um, and there's only twelve <laughs> races left, so I'd I'd say you're probably. I mean, if you're not already saying it, you're probably two or three races away from just uh, handing them the trophy almost mid-season. Yeah, fully wrapping that up, I think. Uh, Mad Max will get it done, and uh, Team Haas struggling at the tail, and uh, I know it's um, it's a situation untold, but, mate, great to see it back, and it's getting closer and closer, and, and the drivers are competing, and British Racing is back on the top. But State of Origin coming to New Zealand Sammy, can it happen? 
Well, boys, uh, this is off the back of Wayne Bennett's comments uh, to um, a publication uh, just on Sunday afternoon where he uh, called on uh, the NRL to have a look at taking State of Origin uh, over here to New Zealand, citing the big rugby league crowd, the uh, momentum that the Warriors have built. Uh, He told um, the Australian uh, that Eden Park would sell out, uh, and he was quoted as saying, there isn't a Kiwi who doesn't know about State of Origin. They're rugby league (laughs) crazy. Even the All Blacks, uh, I'm told, love to park up and watch origin that was from Wayne Bennett and then even yesterday uh, ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volandis confirmed to the Australian newspaper that New Zealand was absolutely a consideration for state of O between Queensland and New South Wales they are locked until 2026 but after that they will certainly look at the possibility of coming over to NZ absolute uh, absolute starter I'm going to say you know when you when you listen to Volandis Talk about it when he's saying there's an opportunity. Mm. He's saying there's an opportunity for you to offer me millions and millions and millions of dollars to bring it over there at T- at Takaha <laughs> Stadium in Christchurch when they open in 2026. Um, but you know, for me, like they're singing from the rooftops, and I don't want to give it away too early. I think a lot of, I think there needs to be a lot of leadership put around this uh, this opportunity that's coming to New Zealand because while they're singing the praises of everybody in New Zealand watching uh, rugby league, our poor old game down the down the bottom of the rung here at grassroots level is struggling to 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 put to rub two pennies together. And what we want to what we want to talk about is bringing the best game of all to this country and, and profile rugby league. So, um, well, who who gets the uh, money, Kempi, if it does come over here? Does NZRL or, or whoever puts it on over here get any benefit from it? Or Kempi it don't all... want NZRL to get it. Million dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the million there's dollar be question. A benefit. There's got to be a benefit for us, right? I mean, I know it's going to be great having it here in terms of the fans, but you'd think we'd get some sort of you know, financial benefit or promotional aspect. There's got to be something that New Zealand gets out of this. Well, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Leadership is You know, like if you if you're mm. bringing the biggest game in the world down this end down this end of the world uh, to New Zealand, and like Sammy says, we get nothing but you know to to watch it at Eden Park or at Takaha Stadium down in Christchurch because it's going to be around that time when that stadium opens. Maybe the the, the Christchurch City Council throws a, a multi million dollar deal together to, to play it there. Um, you have to wonder what what does that actually mean for the game of rugby league and and the opportunity that it has. Sammy, just to, to put it in context, it's uh, you know the last time I did anything on the origin and and did some some analysis on it was worth fourteen million dollars each to each state. Wow. Just those three games. Yeah, and they of all, course that money it. goes into development. Mm. You know that's that's how Queensland rugby league survive. They survive on origin. You know so. Um, yeah, I look. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm for it, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Bring it down here, but I'm not for it with the pork chops that are running the game and not thinking about what it could actually do for the game in New Zealand. And and you know, I, I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be great to have Wayne Bennett and all of those people, mm. Valandi, saying, "Let's go and save the game in New Zealand." On top of it, mm. like let's actually yeah, here's an opportunity. Well, from their comments, Kempi, I, I think they're they're blind to it. They're talking about the success in New Zealand and how league is absolutely thriving. They love throwing a jibe at, at the All Blacks and, and, you know, the kind of mirroring of, of the beast that it is. But if there's going to be an opportunity, it's got to be played at Eden Park. 50-odd thousand, there wouldn't be an a se- empty seat in the stadium. Takaha only holds around twenty twenty five thousand 25,000 seats. So it'd be uh, like we'd love to see it down here. 
hundred percent, but I just think if you're going to have an opportunity, you sell it out up at Eden Park. I don't think there'll be an empty seat, and uh, it'd be great for the game. But you did right. Needs to be a lot of water under the bridge, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say <laughs> for off the back fence later on this morning. Stay tuned around seven twenty-five. We'll rip into that. But yesterday I spoke to Matty Burke about the Australian woes. Sammy, what do you got? Yeah, boys, um, we, did, we did touch on it briefly yesterday, but obviously Sunday morning uh, over in South Africa, um, New Zealand time, the, the Aussies embarrassed really to a South African quote-unquote B team. Eddie Jones not happy that was labelled that, although Eddie Jones during the week did say, um, I, I don't want to beat a second-tier Springboks team. He said that. Mm. So uh, justifiably mm. got hit up by the journalists uh, in the post-match. But yeah, going down 43 Three points to 12. Scored in the first min- uh, first uh, seven minutes through uh, Marika Korobiti, but then 43 unanswered from uh, the uh, the Springboks. And I don't know if you saw, uh, but uh, debutante um, Clark- Carter Gordon was the man who scored in the 80th for the Wallabies. Did a big swan dive <laughs> over the try line. It's like, come on, son, you're losing by 40 <laughs> yeah, points. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, he, look, he was heavily criticised for not taking control of the game. They still lack that playmaker at 10, uh, Izzy. I think that's been a big problem for the Wallabies over the last couple of years, part of their woes. Um, Vonivalu making his um, debut as well and, and you know doing a terrible job, really, not being able to cope with the, uh, with the wide attack of the Springboks. Two penalty tries as well uh, mm. for the Springboks and, and two yellow cards for uh, the Wallabies. That didn't help. Um, so look, yeah, Australian rugby, very interested to hear Matty Burke and, and where he thinks they're at in a World Cup year that you know, could be disastrous for them, is he? That, they've only ever um, bailed out of the quarterfinals, but jeep, as you look at that pool, maybe Fiji or someone can cause an upset and the <laughs> Wallabies could be facing, you know, pool elimination. Oh, I think they beat Wales. Oh, I think Fiji could surprise uh, a lot in, the, in that side of the draw. Look, they've got an easy side. Pool C and D is easy. I'm expecting the Wallabies to, to make quarters and potentially go on and, and make uh, the semi-finals. Uh, I was a little bit more confident before that game, and when I spoke to Matt Burke, he touched on physicality. And Australia and New Zealand have been in their own bubble. We haven't faced the physicality that uh, South Africa and, and the Northern Hemisphere teams pose, and that was a shine light. He spoke about size as well, Kimpy, and the size that they're lacking. But I look at the squad that they put out. They've got Will Skelton, who's yeah, he's a giant. about three or four blokes. He's a giant. They've got Rob Valentini at the back. They've got Slipper, and they've got Ala Ala Toa up front. And then you look at the back line. They've got Vonivalu and Korobitu, who are concrete. Uh, slabs themselves. And then you got um, Ikitao and Reese Hodge, probably lacking in the size department in the midfield. But just the physicality side of it, I, I think for Australia, you know, where do they go now? They've gone and they've gone offshore. And he touched on the situation now with a lot of their players playing overseas, and particularly in Japan. And what does that set them up for? You know, you look at Brody Retallick, you look at Damien McKenzie, um, you know, Damien uh, Bowden Barrett. When they come back from Japan, is that the right pathway to play international rugby? Because it's different over there. Small bodies, they grass cut, you're playing a real high-paced game. Maybe it sets them up to fail. Well, I think there's a difference between um, like size and physicality. Like You can be a big man. Like you can be a big man and you can jump into to a ring with a smaller man and the smaller man is an absolute beast and, and, and dominates you. You know what I mean? I think that may be his his term there in the context that he's putting this in. Is and you're dead right. Like playing in Japan, it's like you know when when you know Mark Gaznia went over and played rugby union and came back and he was so out of shape. Um, I just I just think he means that for 
you know, the physical side of things where you get big guys, but when they come up against a South African side, they absolutely dominate physically. You know, they, they don't care how the, the size you are. They put their heads into those dark spaces that you talk talk about without even worrying about it. And they made, there's a difference. There's a difference. When, you've, when you're mm. a guy there and you've got your head and it goes, am I going to go down there? I saw it on the weekend when um, a guy went for the ball. You know, like a ball went on the ground and he went for the ball. Two guys went for the ball. Mm. You know that one, 50-50? Mm. Mm. You know the, the yep. most physical guy's going to get that football. Hit. Yeah. And I think that's what Matt Burt was probably talking about. Beautiful. Well, it's 22 past six, and it's a great lead into this. Can't wait question of the day. All right, boys, can't wait question of the day for this morning. And uh, you mentioned Mark Gazzini there, Kempi. On with us tomorrow, actually, uh, to talk some uh, to talk some State of O ahead of Game 3. So that's going to be fantastic. But, uh, look, touching it's on the back. Wallabies. <laughs> touching on the Wallabies. <laughs> text us through on double eight double three. our can't wait question of the day. How far could or will the Wallabies go at the Rugby World Cup? Do you think they're going to make it past the pool? Do you think they're going to make it past the quarterfinals? Izzy's a little bit bullish. I'll tell you that on the three occasions they've lost in the quarterfinals, all of them have been at the hands of England. And the way those two pools are structured, C and D, should the Wallabies finish second and England first or vice versa, they will face each other in the quarterfinals. So can't wait question of the day. Where do the Wallabies finish or go at Rugby World Cup 2023? Under Eddie Jones. Beautiful. We'll get our answers after the break. We'd love to hear from you on double eight double three. Send your answers and your messages through, and we'll read them out. There's a couple of coming through already. Eddie Jones taking on England in the quarterfinal. How good would that be? <laughs> Eddie Jones redemption. Ah, let us know double eight double three. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. CNZ. What's up, darling? I've been keeping my eye on your movement. I can't see no room for improvement. Or why you all over there on your Jack Jones? You need to let me get behind your backbone. Because I'm the man for the job. Let me work here. Yes, welcome back. It's 28 past six here on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> great, a great text message coming through. How far would the Wallabies go at the Rugby World Cup for 2023? Eddie Jones. Well, I've lost to England a couple of times in the quarterfinals. Imagine that quarterfinal. Eddie and Australia were going to surprise one. They've got one thing up their sleeve. You potentially see that one happening and then them bundling out. But a message has come through. Hey, lads, question of the day about where the Wallabies will finish. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah, but see, no, oh. I, know that's, I know that's tongue-in-cheek, but you actually, yeah. you actually have to care, Rizzy, because... We've shut the door on South Africa, or they've shut the door on us mm. from that Super Rugby point of view. All we've got at the moment is Australia, and we need yeah. them to be strong. So you actually do have to care. They, we, If they really suffer over the next couple of years, and we know how much the game is struggling over there, if they really do suffer over the next couple of years, man, that's going to hurt us big time. It's not good for the competition. That's why we're mean with that uh, comment. When I was talking to Matt Burke about the physicality and, and the lack of it, in that performance against South Africa, and he t- he played the picture of maybe potentially the players playing overseas, but then Dave from Caracas come through. South Africa does the same. At least fifty percent of their team plays overseas. It's just Aussie hasn't got the cattle. Maybe Eddie has ploy up his sleeve, but I doubt it. The bugger only team that can perform against is the All Blacks. Cheers, Dave from Caracas, which paints a great picture. We cannot look at that situation. Yes, it has an effect to an extent, but a lot of these teams, particularly in South Africa. I'd say more would play overseas, and their players come back and they just slip seamlessly into it. But they're big bodies, man. Yeah, they go away and they continue to play the same style and brand of rugby. 
that they play back home. The one-off runners, big bodies, isn't that Kimpy? Yeah, and I'm I'm telling you, we spoke about it last week. We're we're seeing mm. the same thing that happened in rugby league 30 years ago start to take seed down here in this part of the world in rugby union, where Australia and mm. New Zealand are not being put in the, the best competitions in the world, which are in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm. And the Northern Hemisphere, if you have a look at France, the way that they demolished England yesterday in the under-20s, Ireland went out and played South Africa in the other semifinals. I think Ireland won that one this morning, didn't they? You know, the best football, and they're actually telling you through the junior grades as well, is played in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, if they do not take the advice that mm. they that they and, and look at what actually happened to rugby league over the last 30 years... I'm telling you, in our time, we're going to see the All Blacks and the Australians basically just become a recruitment ground, and 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 this Bledisloe Cup is going to mean nothing because the best competition is held up the other end of the world. Yeah, we need Australia to be competitive. We need Super Rugby to be competitive. And, yeah, look, I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with Matt Burke after 8 o'clock. He touched on it, the pathways, the heroes that Rugby Australia needs, and there is none at the moment. Joseph Sawali is potentially going to become the, the biggest face in Australian rugby when he plays in the future. But, uh, yeah, it's concerning times. I definitely hear what you're saying, Sammy Hewitt. We need them to be competitive. We need them to be competing at the highest level. And right now, from what we saw on the weekend, 43 unanswered points. It's not great. It's not great. And uh, we'll see how the All Blacks play out this weekend when they take on South Africa. There's a couple there as well from in regards to State of Origin. We'll get to those shortly, but we've got some headlines with Samuel Jackson coming up, and uh, we also got Quizzy Dag and your chance to win a Remuera Golf Club Play Bay voucher. <laughs> Valued at $120. And uh, Country Clueless, Kempi's been up in Kerry Kerry. Kitty Kitty, sorry, and uh, I just cannot wait to see what he's been doing because we know if he's like me, he is clueless. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. If we ever broke up, I'll never be sad. Think about everything I thought we had if we ever broke up. If we ever broke up, I'd call your dad and tell him all the shittiest of things you said if we ever broke up. Radio boys, uh, 34 minutes past 6 or 26 minutes to 7, whichever way you're so inclined. Time for some headlines now. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Um, I've got an all-time one for you today, lads. Um, and I'm actually going to revisit this at 7.30 as well because I think it's so good that I, I want as many people to hear it as possible. Charlotte FC in the MLS, they took on uh, mm. Cincinnati yesterday. Um, Two-all draw. But uh, a double, a brace to the uh, Charlotte FC striker. And arguably, one of the greatest commentary clips you will ever hear. Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, setting it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Svidersky. One touch, he scores! Have you been moonlighting, Sammy? Oh, what the heck, Sammy? That, that just reminds me of. Uh, <laughs> Can you do that? It's me, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I'll play it for you one more time. Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, sending it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Svidersky. One touch, he scores! Was it? Surely he's taking the Mickey. Surely he's taking oh, the Mickey boys, Mouse. That is, 
<laughs> I don't mind it from you, Israel, Dick. I don't mind it. Um, no, the funny, the funny part is uh, then sort of this uh, female commentator comes in and she is much more, um, you know, well, that was a great goal by Sadowski. And then he comes back in a bit later and you sort of uh, hear his actual voice when it's not so high. And it's, it's normal. It's sort of at a regular time. But he, I think the uh, well, reference from Ca- um, Captain K here in the kitchen was uh, similar to the Marcelo Montoya no try down in Napier. Uh, which uh, the decibels got up there. The uh, the pitch certainly rose a couple of octaves. Uh, even Kempi got involved. So uh, look, when it comes to seven thirty, I'll play it out again, and we uh, we might even pair it up with the Marcelo Montoya to see if I am competing in any way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, with do, that do you reckon Kempi could just throw us a little bit of enthusiasm when he's calling? Like you know, like he's, yeah. he's a very he, one pitch. Yeah, he only Kempi. He only get gets some up, energy into it. He only gets up and <laughs> shouts if, his, if he's got the try score in a multi. Gibson, Jack Gibson didn't show out of a lot of uh, motion, did he? Yeah, you only get up and about if uh, if the guy got a multi. Yeah, if you got a multi, like you did with Montoya, <laughs> you did with Montoya. Yeah, so you know that one, eh, Izzy? So Sammy's called the best <laughs> no try ever, and he's gone. Mate, even you were excited. You got up. Sammy Brown, uh, Sammy Brown's come running into the box to give me a hug, and I'm like, mate, me and Sammy had a multi on that last try. <laughs> the best part of that comment, like, oh, and I'm not taking any praise for this whatsoever. But my favourite part of that commentary is actually Kempi just next to me, and I'll get the clip for you a bit later on when Kempi just goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll never see Tony get more thrilled with a try. Uh, so there you go, the Charlotte FC announcer. He may have a career, wow. may have a career at Disney World uh, in a couple of years' time. Um, this one, boys out of America, also does make me laugh. Uh, a kid by the name of Brandon Sproat, who is a baseballer, college baseballer in Florida, and after his uh, college team was eliminated in the postseason in 2022, uh, he was drafted by the New York Mets, 90th overall. Now you know how this works sometimes. Uh, up in North America, a guy gets drafted to a team that he doesn't really like. So he goes, oh, I'm going to go back to school and uh, do my senior year and just uh, not go and not declare, you know, after the draft um, so that potentially can find myself in a better team. So that's exactly what Brandon Sproat did. He went back to Florida for his uh, for one final season. Uh, and then when the draft came around this year for 2023, guess who selected him with the 56th pick? The New York Mets Wait. got drafted twice by the same team, <laughs> so it uh, didn't quite work out for him. And uh, just finally, boys, uh, the most expensive Uber uh, Uber ride you've ever you've ever taken. Kimber. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, the oh. most expensive. Ooh. What do you mean? Just in, uh, uh, look, I had a pretty expensive one in LA. Oh yeah, well, what was that? How much was that? Uh, about hundred and forty dollars. Gee, where would, would you go from like downtown to the Nevada no, or something? I went from the airport down to Huntington Beach. Oh yeah, well, and, and they, there's quite a big um, LA's real, you know, big sort of coast to coast, isn't it? People, yeah. Four million people on the motorway. Mm. Can't believe it. Mm. What about you, Is? Uh, I think I've, I got scanned over in South Africa, so I took oh, it me. somewhere. And you know when they drop you off and they drive off and they go do a ticky tour. Yeah, that happened to me. I think it was a couple of hundred bucks. Gee, I, hope you gave, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you gave him the one star. Uh, well, I had my hand on the on the, the door handle because you, you just didn't feel safe. So I was ready to just evacuate. And <laughs> yeah. I think he understood that. So he said, I'm going to rip this guy off. And uh, he did so. Well, so I, that was the early days of Uber. Yeah, so, I see. Um, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell start. you, it's not, none, neither of those compare to uh, Douglas Ordonos and Dominic Adams uh, mistakenly charged $30,000 uh, for an Uber uh, due to a due to, due to a currency <laughs> conversion error, uh, they were overseas. 
Aussies um, for a uh, anniversary, and uh, it was a fifty dollar Uber ride. They uh, they checked their bank accounts, thirty thousand dollars had come out. They did get it reversed uh, within a couple of days, but uh, that would make your heart stop a little bit when you see the, uh, the uh, Uber receipt. Well, who has thirty thousand dollars on a credit card to be to start with? Well, that's a good, that's a good call. <laughs> well, probably, probably Tony. Why would have went declined? <laughs> Mate, probably Tony. My trip, in, my trip into Sydney just a, a couple of weeks ago. I tell you one thing: I'll be really careful for, about is talking about Uber to the Uber driver. And I opened up a can of worms because you always say, "Oh, how's it going?" You know, busy you, night tonight. Yeah. Busy, busy, been busy, mate. Been busy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How many times would that Uber driver get? Been busy, mate. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah. And anyway, well, I did the, the second question that you don't ask is like, "What's it like working for Uber?" Mate. So, oh, yeah, that's that is a can honestly, of worms. It was, that's the it third was, question, Kippy. Hello, a, how are you? It Been was busy a 20, 25-minute ride, and this lady unloaded on Uber. <laughs> and in the end, I was just looking at my phone trying to, oh, yeah, just, just trying to blank it, but I got the whole lot. Like, for 25 minutes, mm-hmm. I thought, yep, never ask that question again. That's, um, I've yeah, had- that. I've had two really um, interesting Uber experiences. The first one was with a guy um, who had moved over from Pakistan and he was taking us to um, a Chinese restaurant and a couple of lads in the car and we were all um, having a great time, as it were, um, as we headed towards the restaurant. And I don't know how someone got onto it, but someone sort of asked him, oh, where are you from? What are you doing here? We got a 20-minute life story. The guy's like wife had been murdered. Um, he had run away from Pakistan. Here he was. He was like, he had people chasing him for money. And we were like sitting in this Uber like, yeah, just here's fine <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll walk the rest of the way. And the other one was when uh, someone had to take me back out to Cow Copper Copper, which that's where I live. It's about an hour out of the city. And uh, it was after a work function here. Big, big uh, Uber price there. It's probably my most expensive at 120 bucks. And uh, I got that's this lady. True. And, and uh, mate, they keep denying me. No one wanted to pick up the, 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 the trip because obviously they go all the way out there, but they're not picking anyone else, else up. Um, so I get in, this lady says yes, and I get in the car. And she's like, oh, yeah, like I know the um, I know the couple that own the pub out at Cow Copper Copper. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. No one really knows much about the pub, like you can be. I've got a forty-minute background <laughs> history into into Cow Copper Copper and the pub and these owners who you know they've got properties all over Auckland. They're divorced and yeah, it's uh, made made for an give interesting Give you a wee hour. tip. Give you a wee tip, lads. Jump in. Headphones on. Yeah. Don't have to say a word. Yeah. Keep your headphones on, lads, yeah. and just don't even don't catch eye contact. It's about as awkward as an elevator, isn't it? How awkward are those things? Mm. Oh, getting that elevator, no, I, I, it's packed out. It's well, actually, here, boys, do you sit in the front seat of an Uber or you sit in the back? Never. Oh. Nah, back, back. Okay. Yeah, no, no I'm saying, just, just wanted to double check. It's just, you know, you sit in the front, it's a little bit more intimate, isn't it? It's a little bit more, yeah, you it's like talk. you're driving with a mate. you got to yeah. talk. You sit in the back and you make sure you sit behind the driver so that you don't get that eye contact. Like you mentioned. But anyway, boys, here's your headlines. Tradies and builders power your business with training straight, uh, Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Another first class headline. <laughs> I'll tell you another red flag is when there's still a glass uh, wall up. And mate, COVID was years ago. Take that wall down, mate. Come on. Anyway, there you go. There's some movement chat. They are so awkward. And don't ask. The three questions. How are you? Have you been busy? What's it like to work with Uber? Those are the first questions in every Uber ride. And don't be like Kempi, otherwise you'll get a spill of hatred in regards <laughs> to Uber. Anyway, 0800-150-811. Give us a call. It's time for Quizzy Dag. Your chance to win a $120 voucher at Remuera Golf Club. Play Bay voucher up for grabs. So call now. Z.
don't style me for a win I won't give you answers no matter what you ask me Try and play the quiz, things won't get nasty Get up, stand up, come and throw your hands up If you got the feeling, get the phone's lights ringing Came to get paid, we came to get paid So get on your phones and dial now Call now, 0800 Call now, 150 Call now, 811 Call now, call now and get paid That's right. You heard the number, 0800 Take on me, the Quizmaster. You get stuck. You can get Tony Kemp's cryptic clue. Timmy from Christchurch. Morning. Morning, lads. How are we all? Morning. Good, good. I'm looking forward to your shout on Wednesday. Lunch on Timmy DJ Timmy. Let's go. All right, mate. I won't I won't rig this at all, okay? I don't want you to win. Wink wink. Here we go. Question number one. Name one other team in Australia's pool at the Rugby World Cup this year. Uh Rocky. Um Oh, can I get a clue there, Kempi? We spoke about Ooh. two of them this morning. So, no. As he thinks, know, as he thinks he'll beat one of them. He said, I think they'll no. beat Moby. Fiji. Fiji is correct. I think Fiji will push them, but I think I think they'll beat Wales. Wales are struggling at the moment. Oh, wait and see Georgia in that pool too. They're flying at the moment, so... Potentially. Potentially they might not even make it out, as Brett alluded to in the text machine. We'll get to that shortly. But question number two, who is Max Verstappen's teammate at Red Bull Racing? Uh, Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez. Chico Perez. Is it Sammy? Uh, Chico's uh, uh, Chico, Chico. Yeah, his nickname's Chico. Oh, he's Chico. Yeah. Chico. Question number three. Who does NBA star Devin Booker play for? No idea, Not Kendall Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you Nets. say? It's going to be a lovely the Nets. day. The Nets. No, it's not the Nets. Sorry, brother. Have a good day. We'll see you Wednesday. Jade from Hamilton. Morning. Morning, boys. How are we? Morena, Who does NBA star Devin Booker play for? Booker, sorry. The Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns is correct. Question number four. What was the score in the Football Ferns World Cup warm-up game against Vietnam last night? 2 nil. 2-0 is correct. Here we go, Jade. Let's get you that voucher. Question number five. Who was New South Wales coach before Freddie Fittler? I couldn't get a clue on that one, could I? Oh yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you one, but there's a couple here. The green machine. Uh, five. Ricky Stewart and Craig Bellamy. Four. Uh, four. Three. Yeah, and two, he's and he's indigenous. One. Craig Bellamy. Ricky. Ricky Stewart, Craig Bellamy, incorrect. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day. Brett from Huntley. Morning, babe. Um, morning, morning. King Lotha. Who? King Lotha Daily. 
Loza Daly is correct. Laurie Daly. There you go. Ed's won a couple of vouchers. You and Ed can go for a wee date there at Wimmera and play some golf. Shot, Brett. He'll use the voucher. He'll use the voucher on beers. <laughs> and pizza. Of <laughs> That's all right. I want to work on suits. my game. You you go work on your game right now, my brother. Appreciate your call. We'll be back tomorrow for another Quizzy Dag Love Racing with Tony Kemp coming up. Yes, that's right. It's a couple of minutes away from 7 o'clock. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 811. Call uh, find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. We've got to just talk a little bit about some jumps races. Uh, with Torrid Weather in Hawke's Bay has not holded the success of Paul Nelson and Karina McDougall's stable with Raucus out into their winning tally at Tarapa on Saturday. Irishman Jack Power um, produced another winner for the Hastings Training Partnership with Raucus Cruise to Victory in the SVS Starting Gate Steeplechase 3900. Remaining in touch with pacemakers back to Marston talk time throughout and cruise to a four and a quarter length win. It's was probably the best he's really been. He said on behind and jumped extra well for him, said Nelson. Trentham becomes a target for the stable this Saturday with iconic Wellington steeplechase and hurdle day set up to be a strong tussle between this season's informed jumpers. Nedwin and Sullivan set to contest the first feature event. Um, part owned by Nelson and wife Carol Nedwin claims a seventh win in eight races at the Waikato Hurdle 3200 in June and will head into Saturday's race as defending champion following his 10 length romp last season. Champion jumper the Cossack though recorded his 12th win over the fence when taking out the Waikato steeplechase last month and will line up likely favourite in the Grant Plumbing Wellington steeplechase. Have a listen to this, 5,500 metre race on Saturday. So the son of Master Crofton will be joined by stablemate Argyle in the feature event. And one of the races that I'll be looking forward to is the Cossack when he comes up against West Coast. Um, it'll be uh, hopefully the Grand National down there on August 5th. Uh, Izzy, I know that both me and you will be going to that uh, on that beautiful day because also we've got jam coming down there, hopefully um, to take out the Winter Cup. We'll uh, keep our fingers crossed. We've got races tomorrow down, I think it's at Rickard and Synthetic, and uh, that's our Love Racing update. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Verstappen comes out of the final corner. Max wins the British Grand Prix. It's the first time he's won it as the British Grand Prix, the second time he's won here at Silverstone. Lando Norris finishes in a brilliant second. Lewis Hamilton in third. Two British drivers will be celebrating on the podium. Piastri finishes in fourth. His best finish in Formula One. Fifth place for Russell. I'm doing nothing, yo, without yo, it's the color blue, oh, no trip. Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, sending it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Swiderski, one touch, he scores! Another one for Swiderski! And that one was more impressive than the first! Don't be afraid, don't fall. I think I lost my mind. It's picked up. Shine the shield and put it back in the camera. It's Queensland for another 12 
resounding of wins at home in front of a packed Suncorp and Queensland simply too good in 2023. Queenslander! Yes, that's right. Just after 7 o'clock. I don't know if Tony Kemp's a Queensland or New South Wales supporter, but at 7.25, he's a Kiwi. He's going to tee off on some Origin chat. And we got Fa'ono Ken Laban uh, diving into that current situation. Is State of Origin coming to New Zealand? John reckons it's not. It's not coming here. He's just baiting us. Where's all the Waz home games after COVID? Fair comment. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're not baiting us. They're not setting us up for disappointment, are they, Kempi? No, mate. I don't know. I, look, I hear what Honey's saying. Oh, John, did with the uh, games after COVID, we heard Mr. Abdo come out and promise us the world, and yeah, I think he's got bigger fish to fry in Australia at the moment there. But uh, mate, I think it will happen. I think I think eventually State mm. of Origin comes to New Zealand, uh, John. So keep the faith. Keep the faith, Johnny, and uh, just a couple of more messages before we get to Sammy. Hey, Izzy, can I use my vouch for beers? <laughs> I heard the cousin say I could in pizza from Ed. Well, Ed, ah, everyone loves a tryer, mate, so go have a crack. See if you can punch that voucher for a couple of beersies and a pizza while you watch Cousy Brett hit a few balls. He wants to work on his game. Well, you just work, want to work on your abs. So there you go, Ed. Go and enjoy that voucher at Ramira Golf Club. And there's one from Uber, but we're going to be talking Formula One. Sammy Hewitt, what do we got? Yeah, boys, uh, talk to uh, yeah, about this between six and seven. The uh, British Grand Prix, which finished yesterday morning, New Zealand time. Very early wake up. If you were, uh, if you were dead keen, like I know some of you are, uh, Max Verstappen winning once again, once again in 2023 is eight uh, win and uh, the eleventh on the trot for Red Bull this year. They're undefeated, uh, and that equals the record of McLaren back in 1988. Uh, good news for the British uh, fans who did show out, um, 160,000 strong crowd because Lando Norris and uh, Lewis Hamilton rounded out the podium. So a couple of Brits uh, there and Lando Norris did have a very good race for McLaren Oscar Piastri the Australian nearly getting onto the podium as well for his uh, first time but he finished in fourth um but yeah, the, all the all the question marks, I guess, now are around uh, the, the competitiveness this season with with Max just by mm. far and away out in front. I did mention to your boys um, at the halfway point in the season, in order for him to relinquish that lead over the next seven races, uh, Fernando Alonso would need to uh, win every single race, and Max would need to finish fifth over the next seven in order for that deficit to be made up. Of course, uh, Chico Perez is in behind him a bit closer, but uh, yeah, it, it is all Max in 2023. No chance, absolutely no chance that Max Verstappen finishes fifth or more. Oh, he is absolutely dominating. Let's hear from Luke Smith, senior Formula One rider for the Athletic. Morning, Luke. Probably afternoon to you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing? Good morning. Good, thank you. Look, mate, Max Verstappen dominant again, ruining it for the hometown heroes. Oh, Lando Norris, Louis Hamilton. Just too dominant, mate. Yeah, too dominant. Like, Max Verstappen is just in the absolute form of his life right now. And you combine that with this car that is just such a step ahead of the rest of the field. Mm. It's really, really incredible. Like, 
we had a brief moment where we thought maybe there's going to be a fight. Lando Norris took the lead for the opening four laps. It was really, really exciting. But yeah, Max was able to just overtake him again. And from there, we kind of knew how it was going to play out. So no hometown hero, no homecoming for Lando <laughs> or for Lewis. But uh, yeah, what a performance again from Max Verstappen. He's just on another level right now to anyone else in Formula One. Well, Louis, Louis Hamilton, I was reading his comments, he was saying that it's actually closer than it probably looks. Obviously, changing regulations, changing salary cap, uh, the, the qualifying has been a hell of a lot closer. Is he right, or is he just way off the mark? Uh, he is right, if you exclude Max Verstappen from all of this. That's, that's the weird <laughs> thing about it. Like You look at Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, McLaren now as well, and they are all really, really evenly matched. And even Max Verstappen's teammate, Checo Perez, if he was on his own, then he'd actually be in that same kind of ballpark. And it would really make for quite an exciting season. Like, if you think yesterday's race, if, if that was for the win between Lando and Lewis in the closing stages, the British crowd would have been going absolutely bananas. But ultimately, we've got this guy who is just so much better than everyone else right now. His car is so much better than everyone else, and he's just dominating. So, uh, yeah, Lewis is right, but that's without factoring Max Verstappen. <laughs> Look, one of the one of the I guess the iconic view, um, viewing for that um, that race is the crowd. Like, can you just take us through the experience? The hundred sixty thousand people there at Silverstone. Yeah, it is incredible. And I think it's always been very strong at Silverstone. You look back through even the 1990s, it was uh, Nigel Mansell, who was the home favourite, Mansell Mania. And then when Lewis Hamilton came onto the scene, everyone really got behind him. But I think what you've seen in recent years, it's Lando Norris, it's George Russell, it's Alex Albon as well. They're young, they're very engaged with younger fans. We've seen a lot of new fans come to F1 through Drive to Survive as well. And that's just really caused this whole British spirit to really swell and grow even more. Like, you, you drive into the track every day, and even from a couple of miles out, there's people already walking in um, wearing all kinds of team shirts and everything. And it's what I love about Silverstone is that there's fans for every single driver and every single team. Like obviously the Brits have got the, the main lion's share of the support, but you see people supporting like Max Verstappen. You see people supporting the Ferrari guys, even the back markers like, uh, I don't know, like Williams and Haas and Alfa Romeo, they support everybody. So uh, yeah, it is just a, such a, an amazing spirit. And mm. we could hear even from inside the media center when overtakes were happening because these huge cheers would go up from the grandstand so uh yeah it's an atmosphere like no other race well i don't imagine there's any real contenders outside of verstappen but if we're sort of looking through the best of the race who would you say is generally the second best driver in formula one at the moment Oh, at the moment, that's that's very close. I think it, it really does depend from race to race. Like, I think you see a lot of drivers doing well one weekend and not so well the next weekend. But, uh, yeah, I think it's probably a close thing between Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso right now. I think Lewis has been having a very quietly good season. He's not been winning mm. races or anything like that, which he's so used to doing through his successful career. But uh, he's been really performing well for Mercedes, even though that car isn't capable of fighting Red Bull. So I would, I would probably say Lewis, but you look at Fernando Alonso, you look at Lando Norris as well, who's finally got a car that's looking quite good. Uh, Charles Leclerc as well for Ferrari. 
it's probably that group that I would say that are really standing out as being the, the best of the rest behind Max. So, uh, yeah, again, if you took Max out of the picture, it'd be a very, mm. very close title fight. But unfortunately, things don't work like that. Mate, Oscar um, Piastri is the closest uh, to a Kiwis. We're getting Formula One at the moment, racing for McLaren. He came so close to his first podium at Silverstone. Is he one of the few rookies that is really thriving in 2023? He is, yeah. Oscar is a fantastic driver. He did so well through Formula 2, Formula 3. He had to wait for his chance to get into F1. He spent last year not racing at all. And he's been, I would say, quietly impressive through the start of this season. Like, he's been definitely the best of the rookies this year. But he's not really had the car to let him fully show what he can do. Finally, at Silverstone, though, he got that. They put some new upgraded parts on the McLaren to make it quicker, solve a few of the car's problems. And uh, he absolutely flourished. Like, we saw that in qualifying. He was third, only a little fraction of a second behind Norris. And then in the race, he would have finished on the podium had it not been for a bit of bad luck with the safety car that let Hamilton jump ahead of him. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a real star for the future, I must say. And I think it's amazing to see this breakthrough he's made at Silverstone. It's the first of many. I don't think he's going to have to wait long for that first podium to come. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really cool to see a young talent really showing what they can do in F1. Well, how long do we have to wait till Liam Lawson or uh, Louis Sharps in the Formula One racing? Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what you guys are going to be wanting. I mean, it's been what I think five years since Brendan Hartley was the last uh, last Kiwi mm. on the grid, and uh, yeah, I think with with Liam Lawson, I do think there is genuinely a, there, there's a chance of that happening. You look at um, Nick DeVries, the AlphaTauri driver, which is Red Bull's sister team, and he's really been struggling. He's not had the kind of rookie mm. season that was expected of him, and uh, I think that if Red Bull did want to make a change, I know there's lots of noise around Daniel Ricciardo and. Would he want to come back? But realistically, that team is all about the next generation. It's about next uh, young drivers coming through. And Daniel Ricciardo just isn't a young driver. So if they wanted to stick to that mentality, I think Liam would 100% be at the front of the queue. Um, and uh, yeah, again, that would be a really cool story. I think he's he's really proven what he can do through all of the championships he's racing. He's doing really well in Japan at the moment. And uh, yeah, to get another Kiwi on the grid would be, I think, a really cool story. Oh, we're hoping. Uh, motorsport racing in New Zealand is thriving at the moment. I don't know if you know Shane Van Gisbergen, but he won over in the NASCAR. He's a supercar driver, and uh, he's doing great things. So we're, we're very proud of our drivers down under. But wind back the clock two years. Haas team principal Gutha Steiner said they were sacrificing the 2021 season to work on the car for 2022. Things started well for them, but they have nevertheless slumped down to third from last this, uh, to finish this season. 2023 rolls around and you're looking at them again going in the exact same position. We know we're fan favourites because I've watched Drive to Survive, but how long do you think Gunther, uh, Gunther Steiner has left in t as team principal of Team Haas? Uh, I think Gunther's in a good spot, to be honest. I think that with Haas, you've got to remember it's such a small team. It is one of the, the, the smallest on the grid, and they are really punching above their weight anytime they're fighting up there in the points and with f1 at the moment it is this weird kind of mismatch between the teams that have got the money and the teams that haven't got the money and i mean we're talking all of the teams are obviously very wealthy but when mm. you're a ferrari or a mercedes and you've been 
got spending all this money on these amazing factories even when you limit the amount of money that teams can spend each year which is uh, a rule that's now in place in f1 it takes time for that kind of advantage to slowly ebb away so i think with haas like they're in a they're in a funny spot where they're in this kind of class b battle i think it's really between them williams alfa romeo and alfa tari who's going to be from seventh to tenth in the championship but i think with gunter like he's doing i think he's he's doing a fine job there still like i don't think there's anything particular that he's done that the drivers have done even this season where you'd say oh that's why they are where they are and i think it's just going to take time so um yeah it's interesting to see where haas is going but um yeah gunter of course a fan favorite netflix has made him an absolute superstar and uh <laughs> yeah i don't see that changing anytime soon look i'll ask you about the competitive um about that shortly but just going back to red bull and can do us a favor down here in new zealand put into context just how impressive it is for red bull to be undefeated this year and to win 11 races in a row uh, yeah, it's incredible. As you touched on in, in the intro, it's not been done since 1988 when McLaren won the first 11 races in a row and uh, they go on to win 15 of 16 races that season. And we've been talking really since the second or third race that, hey, Red Bull could do a perfect season. They could win every single race. And you look back through F1 history, Mercedes came close in 2016, I think. They won 19 out of 21 races that year. But no team has ever won every single race in a season. And to do that when we've got the longest season in F1 history, when you've got this close competition behind, and also like the reliability of all the other cars as well is so, so good. It, it would be astonishing for it to happen. But it is also, I think, just a mixture of that car being so, so quick. And yeah, put it into context, I don't know, it's like saying to the, yeah, you put the All Blacks out and you say, we're going to give you an extra two mm. players or something like that. Like you're obviously going to win every single time. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a, a pretty incredible achievement that Red Bull have been doing. And I think that it's going to take something special to stop them, but also to stop Max. Because, I mean, he's won mm. six races in a row the f1 record is nine and i really don't see anything out of the unless it's something out of the norm that's going to stop him from breaking that record because he's on such a roll right now oh well where do you sit now on, on the competitive nature of formula one is it a bad look for f1 and do the fans seem to care that red bull are dominating it's a bit like the crusaders dominating super rugby down here <laughs> yeah i guess yeah i've got I've, I've got family in christchurch actually so they'll be okay with that i think but it's uh yeah it's um it's uh it's interesting like i think that fans are still flocking to f1 like the tv figures are still very very good like it's still in good health there's no sign of any big dip coming after mm. these sort of few years of the boom and the build that's been going up and i think you look at things like the f1 movie that they're making and we're filming at silverstone and uh, even the las vegas race coming this year i think that's going to continue but yeah we definitely do see like even in reader comments and stuff like that fans saying oh, i don't want to see max win every single week and the issue is with other sports like say you're a tennis fan and you don't really like novak djokovic you can watch any other tennis match like just don't watch his matches but in f1 like those are the only f1 mm. races like max is going to be in every single one so it's a it's a funny issue that fans face but um but yeah i think that the storylines behind max are so rich that even if people don't want to see him win every single week then it's still going to be a good spot i think they're still going to want to tune in and watch so uh yeah i don't think it's worrying f1 too much uh right now are you able to give us a lead in on this movie brad pitt had his own pit lane at silverstone and uh what went on there i know there was a bit of a fuss being made about brad pitt at uh at the silverstone f1 grand prix 
Yeah, there was a lot of fuss. Yeah, it's uh, it's really amazing what they're doing. So it's the same um, production team and, and writers that were on the Top Gun Maverick movie, and they kind of want to make that, but for Formula One. They've had Lewis Hamilton involved from the beginning. He's helping with the writing and everything, and they want to make it the most authentic racing movie there's ever been, which is really, really incredible. And the way they're doing that is literally filming the movie at the F1 races. And they've uh, done a lot of uh, research and recce's and stuff, and they've built uh, a Formula 2 car that they've then modified to look like an F1 car. Uh, Brad Pitt has been training to be a racing driver as well, which is incredible. They've obviously got stunt drivers as as well, but he's part of it. And uh, yeah, they want to make it within the F1 world. So they had uh, in the pit lane this weekend, you walk down there and it's got Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, and then Sonny Hayes, which is the name of Brad Pitt's character. He's got his own pit box (laughs) and the mechanics are wearing the the, uh, overalls for the fictional team and stuff. And it is literally like having another team in the paddock. So uh, it's a really Mm. incredible level of detail they've gone to. uh, They had film crews obviously on site. They're doing filming here and there. And it's even things like the, the starting grid, like they were doing some filming on the grid. And it's literally a live work environment. Like we're we're on there, we're doing our work, the, the cars and drivers are getting ready for the race. They're on there as well, but the movie producers had only one chance to get all those shots they needed because there's not another <laughs> starting grid for the British Grand Prix. So uh, yeah, mm. it's really incredible what they're doing. And I think it's gonna blow people away. And I think probably bring a lot more fans to F1. Like um, Zach Brown, the McLaren team boss, he said that when people watch Top Gun, they wanted to become pilots. So hopefully once we have uh, the F1 movie out, more and more people are like, hey, that looks really cool. I want to be a Formula One driver. Oh, beautiful, mate. I love Drive to Survive. I love Top Gun. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute doozy of a movie, mate. Luke, we appreciate you joining us for the show this morning, talking Formula One. You're a writer for The Athletic. We appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. No worries, guys. Have a great day. Cheers. Here he is, Luke Smith talking Formula One. I cannot wait for that movie, but what I cannot wait for is Kempi's Off the Back Fence. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter. Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp. Can you hear that? It's angels singing. It's thunder and lightning. Hell, it's the 10 guitars saluting. Yes, that's right. The state of origin is coming to Aotearoa. Oh, hang on. Who just woke me up? Well, the Wayne Bennett's and the Madge Maguire's and every other Tom, Dick and Harry sing the praises of state of origin coming to New Zealand. How about this? So you're going to bring origin and take the millions that come with it. So someone can please tell me, how the hell are we in New Zealand going to benefit as a game? This is a concept that will generate millions, but unfortunately... The game here in New Zealand still remains on life support. Will those lower down the food chain benefit from this, or will it be channeled through head office? While schools flat out refuse to allow kids to play the game of rugby league, our national body would love nothing more than getting a corporate box and rubbing shoulders with the NRL elite. Our game has been starved of any financial or fiscal support for decades, and now sits in ruins while everyone screams from the rooftops about how wonderful the state of origin would be here in New Zealand. Not only would the game be played at the home of Rugby League, Eden Park, excuse my (laughs) irony when I say how affordable it would be for league people from around the country, you know those people in our community, you know them, who have thousands in disposable cash to help fill the stadium. Yes, what a spectacle. I can see it. 
champagne and canopies, beautiful lit conference rooms and also manicured grounds with those evening lights. Is that my league club? I'm talking about shit no, that's Eden Park, home of state of origin. And before everyone gets up in arms about this off the back fence, have a think about this. Apparently the state of origin is worth about 14 million to both states. Do you know what that would mean to our game in this country? So I'm all for state of origin, don't get me wrong to come to New Zealand, but only if they are prepared to sort the entire game out in this country first. And that's not just at head office. For me, it's like being given a Bentley for the weekend, only to have it taken off you and given you back that beating up laser. <laughs> Sammy Smith on Monday. Go figure. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. <laughs> Kempy, bang. Oh, man, I know your concerns, Kempy, and that is a huge concern because this is a lot of money, and we know what this can do for the clubs. But you did right. The NZRL are going to get in there, and they're going to get a, a lump of this cash. Potentially. We don't know where this cash is going. But let's just say they're going to get the money, and where is this money going to be spent? Yeah, look, on the flip side, I think it's great for the game of rugby league in New Zealand. Like You've seen the best players in the world on our doorstep. It will sell out quick we know that and and the the kind of um the game it, it poses to our fans and our supporters and the potential for them to see the best players i think it'll go and do good things but there are concerns and i definitely hear that um saying if this money is going to be raised which it will there's going to be a ton of money raised where does it go we don't know that information where would you like to see it go obviously club rugby club rugby league in in the country is dying so do we just go down the simple fact of just giving them the money and letting them spend it? And how will it be, uh, will it be spent? How do we ensure it's spent in the right places? Well, I would like to take one step back. And just, quick, just quickly, if the state is coming to New Zealand, then New Zealand needs to become a state and it needs to be run by the, the NRL. That's, that's how I think we fix it, because then we get all the development okay. programs. Remember that Queensland, they rely on this state of origin injection to help run their game up there in Queensland. Wouldn't it be nice to have the same type of support? It doesn't have to be the millions, but one game a year. Like for me, like for me, Izzy, it'd be great to say, hear the Bennetts and that talk about saving the game in New Zealand, because we're just a recruitment, we're cr- recruitment ground. I read, a, I, read oh, I read that they're saying it's it's successful. The game's thriving, so it's only fitting that we come to New Zealand. Are they missing something? It's a it's a it's it's thriving for the recruiters, one hundred percent, because all of our all of our um, our people they volunteer, take kids into into tournaments so that they can get picked up by the NRL, and that's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but for the game to be sustainable, here's an opportunity that the singing from the rooftop should be about saving the game creating competitions, creating pathways so the game in New Zealand gets stronger. And I think that this is a massive opportunity for them to do that. Beautiful. Well, we'll get some reaction after headlines and some news. Let us know on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven if you are brave and you want to have your opinion, you want to vent your concerns or your excitement for the potential of State of Origin to be in New Zealand. We'd love to hear from you on double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Send us a message or give us a call Coming up, we've got some headlines with Sammy H. But before then, here's the news with Aroha. For Kubota, together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Listen, seeing you got ritualistic. Cleansing my soul of addiction for now, cause I'm falling apart. Yep.
between us just like big fences. Fences. You got issues that yeah. I won't mention. <laughs> 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 I catch you singing a line here. Time for some uh, headlines, boys. Do Kenards make trade Ozzy? Ken Oath, they do. Um, I just got to let you know. Little video we did uh, this morning before the show, um, just taking the Mickey out of the whole Sam came incident. Kempi giving me a trip on the wooden floors here at ECNZ. My elbow. I think I've done something to my elbow. <laughs> falling, <laughs> falling on the wooden floors. You are man. not going to do that to me. You are not going to do that to me, <sighs> Sammy Hewitt. All right. Oh, HR. Where are Pull you? your glasses down, Unc. HR. Yeah, I don't yeah, like it when you're looking all without them. <laughs> give me the granddad. <laughs> there, Kempe. Um, boys, okay, so I said uh, I gave this headline out at 6.30. Got to do it again at 7.30 for all the uh, late risers. Uh, one of my favourite lines, uh, the early bird gets the morning worm, but the second mouse always gets the cheese. Just have a stew on that one for all those people who like to have a little bit of a sleep in. Um, and a commentator over in the United States of America in the MLS, Major League Soccer, um, Charlotte FC, and it's funny, right, because FC stands for football club, yet they call it soccer. And uh, they drew two all with Cincinnati yesterday, but the highlight was this amazing piece of commentary from the uh, Charlotte FC commentator. Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, setting it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Svidersky. One touch, he scores! Another one for Svidersky! And that one was more impressive than the first! <laughs> everybody it's me mickey mouse not the same person um now look um similarities were drawn by the boys out in the office uh that and my call of marcelo montoya's no try in napier um i would just like to say that uh, there's a difference between you know two nil and you know 30 minutes through a football game and a last minute potential game winner in the corner Can we hear it? for tony kemp to get paid he's going left hand side he doesn't kick metcalf the wide to Pompey. Pompey gets away from one. Montoya, he's going for the corner. Montoya! <laughs> 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 what was that, Tony? Yeah! 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 <laughs> it was, it was, yes, we're getting paid! And now uh, Kez has gone and actually just uh, pitched it up a, a couple of octaves as well. Uh, so here's what that sounds like. Oh, he's lying. He said he pitched it up when he just kept it the same. That's a good, that's a good troll from you, Kiz. Uh, anyway, I, personally, boys can't see the similarities, but uh, there you go. Hey, um, Victor, uh, Victor Webanyama, and I started seeing this. Oh. Started seeing this morning. Uh, Victor yeah. Webanyama, Webanyama, Victor Webanyama, the little Lion King um, vibe for you there. Now he um, he bombed in his first game. We talked about that in the summer league, but he's bounced back, boys, as you would expect from the number one mm. draft pick. Uh, so finished with twenty seven points. 12 rebounds yesterday. The Spurs did lose 85-80 to the Portland Trailblazers, Kizzer's team, but he did shoot 9 of 14 from the floor, 7 of 12 from the free throw line and blocked 3 shots. Uh, led a bit of a comeback, uh, cut down a 19-point deficit to 1, but uh, they never got the lead in that game. But positive signs, positive signs for Victor Wibanyama, Wibanyama, Victor oh, I've got to get the, uh, got to get the song underneath me. Um, and just a couple other quick stories to finish, boys. Um... Search underway in Oklahoma at the moment for a uh, a pet wallaby that's gone missing. Uh, I wonder, huh? if, wonder if they've Got named someone's Wonder if they've named the Eddie Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when you see read these stories in America because they have no idea about like these sorts of animals. So the article talks about how the wallaby is a very similar animal to the kangaroo but smaller. It escaped its uh, backyard enclosure on Wednesday. Um, 
that must have been uh, last week, uh, in the city of Blanchard, which is 30 miles out of Oklahoma. Um, big hunt going on now. I don't know if you boys know, but Wallabies mate at a incredible rate. So should this uh, particular escapee find a, uh, got a, a, mate? a partner of the opposite sex, there might be a wallaby infestation coming to Oklahoma City, which uh, which no one wants to hear. And just uh, quickly, uh, an underwater symphony has taken place uh, in Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary uh, to raise awareness for the, uh, the, co- the coral reef protection around the area. Uh, a whole bunch of scuba divers went underwater um, and donned some underwater headphones and uh, had a concert it underwater with mermaids and there were harps and there were um, underwater instruments um, and you can just picture it of a whole bunch of scuba divers just sort of swaying underwater to the uh, to the symphony as they uh, raise awareness for the uh, coral protection program those are your headlines wow. boys uh, do tradies deserve special treatment at their local Kennards High Branch Kenno they do and uh, we're going to have a chat to Kenny Laban coming up cheers KK Kimmy Kardashian, man, I love your headlines because I don't know where I'm going. I learn something every day. <laughs> I learn something every day. It's so, so good. Oh, yes, Ken Labour coming up. And uh, just regards to your off-the-back fence from Jamie Goodhall, Kimpy, and the other thing is it will be ironic thing is they will be bringing Kiwis that the NRL won't let play for New Zealand. NZRL need to stand off for themselves from Jamie. Well, let's shoot off and we'll come back because we need to hear from Ken Laban coming up. On SENZ. Yes, it's 7.45. You can call us anytime, 0800 150 If you've got any, any text messages about Origin, you can also text us on the Temper Bedpost. Text machine, double eight double three. And uh, we've been lucky enough to get the man out of bed. He's in Brisbane at the moment, Kenny Laban. He joins us on the line now. Morning, Ken. How are you? Oh, kia ora, Ken. Being game, but... Yeah, mate, I'm good. Hey, look, the boys, I sent them those photos last night and uh, you got the, your arm around the great Wayne Bennett and, of course, the King Wally Lewis. What are you up there doing at the moment? Yeah, well, um, you know that one of my boys, Hange, he works for the Dolphins. Um, so we're just up here having to catch up with the grandchildren and the whanau. Up here, went to Dolphins training and ran into Bennett. And as you know, we've all got relationships with them. They go pretty deep in the game. And it was a nice catch-up. And um, and with Wally, well, I've been fortunate to have known uh, Wally for a long time. Of course, he played for Ali Davis, played with Ali Davis at the Gold Coast. So he's got a bit of an indirect connection to Wainuiomata as well, as does Wayne, who was very close to the head of PT at Wainuiomata High School for many years. So a uh, very strong Wainui connection between Wally and um, and Wayne and the team. All good, mate. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and and Hayden doing a fantastic job up there at the Dolphins. Hey, uh, Kenny, you know, we go back a long way. We, I was telling the boys we used to watch the Origin down at your place there in Lower Hutt <laughs> when you used to look after the Prime Minister. Mate, how far has the Origin come since those early eighties to to what it is today? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a, it's been an unbelievable ride, really, when you look at it. Um, and of course, a lot of people forget now because it seems so long ago. But, you know, um, this was a competition that was built on injustice and unfairness because you will remember that originally the interstate games between New South Wales and uh, and Queensland were based on residence, not on origin. So all the top Queensland players would go to New South Wales, play for a club, and then all of a sudden they would turn up with a New South Wales uh, jersey. And for 70 years, New South Wales enjoyed a 70% plus win record against Queensland. Well, of course, that generated, as you know, uh, Kempi, a lot of resentment, uh, a lot of negativity, which turned into hate 
um, over the years. And then I think it was Dick Tossaturna, uh, one of the legends of the Queensland Rugby League, who came up with the concept of um, state of origin based on where you came from, not where you live, which meant that all the Queensland players that went down to play professionally in, uh, in Sydney would now become um, available for Queensland. And of course, Arthur Beetson um, was one of the first high-profile players um, who had previously played for New South Wales to come across and represent Queensland. And what we've seen uh, over the years since that happened in the 80s is an unbelievable contest, a compelling contest. And I have to say, outside of the footy, can be a promotion, marketing um, angle that's second to none um, in terms of create, creating that interest. So the hype around um, origin, the controversies, the daily dramas, um, you know, one, one team loses and sacked the coach and changed the team, um, all that kind of speculation adds um, to the drama and uncertainty and to the compelling nature. You know, like it's a soap opera, as you know, um, state of origin with the, all the ongoing controversy. A lot of them are made up, but it's all part of the hype to generate. And as a result, there have been phenomenal crowds and, you know, for those of you listening this morning who haven't had the opportunity to, to go to a State of Origin match live, put it on your bucket list. It's an unbelievable experience. Um, the, pre-game, the pre-game entertainment, the hype. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous event. And, um, you know, the, well, basically it's a standalone franchise in itself. The three-game series that are sold out um, every year and even the dead rubber tonight. In, um, in Sydney, there's 70,000 tickets pre-sold. Ken, just obviously, Izzy here, mate, appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, where, where, does, where do you sit on the situation with potentially State of Origin coming to New Zealand? I think it'll be great for the brand of rugby league in New Zealand. But Kempi has doubts about it casting a cloud over the current situation of uh, rugby league in the country from a club perspective. Yeah, well, it would be um, we it would be good for New Zealanders to have the opportunity to, you know, obviously go to Eden Park, which is probably where they would to to watch it. But in terms of um, you know uh, the New South Wales Queensland rivalry, uh, you know that manufactured hatred that exists between uh, between the two teams, whether or not you'd be able to generate that same level of um, uh, of energy at the game, I'm, uh, I'm not convinced. And, you know, I'm just making an obvious statement because there's never been an Origin game held in, uh, in New Zealand. Others that have been tried offshore have failed um, as well. It's pretty much an Australian event. It's an Australian franchise, and it's a very, very special um, event. Obviously, from a promotion point of view, it would be, you know, it's obviously got some value. But in terms of, um, you know, that state against state, mate against mate, uh, that's something that, in my view, can only be generated in Australia. And would you would you consider, um, Ken, like if they did come to New Zealand, that the opportunity lies also alongside the development of the game in New Zealand? Because, as you know, Queensland rely heavily on that origin uh, uh, um, bank that that generates that income for them every year. Is there, you know, considering any uh, of this game, this New South Wales Queensland game, any? consideration towards maybe helping develop the game here in New Zealand? I think what the, where the opportunity for New Zealand, Christian Wolf, the time coach, he's the assistant coach of the Dolphins, so I've spent some time with him this week as well, um, Kempi. And if you think about um, 
the Tongan team, the rise of Samoa at the World Cup next year, and what everybody is saying about the quality of Maori players that um, that are available, Fiji and Papua New Guinea. In my view, the opportunity for New Zealand is the establishment of a um, of a Pacific series um, based in New Zealand, and given obviously. You know the nature of our the nature of our population and the heavy emphasis of Māori and Pacifica. I think that's where the opportunity for New Zealand uh, lies to host a um, uh, a new series with every team having access to the high profile top players. I think that would be an amazing event. Yeah, I, look, I I totally agree. I think we can still try and we're not going to capture the exact uh, game that Origin pro- provides, but we definitely can and capture the opportunity, mate. Thank, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Just quickly before I let you go, who you got tomorrow night? Queensland. <laughs> through and through, <laughs> those won't be happy, mate. How's, how's she handling it? <laughs> well, you know. I thought I married a winner, Kimpy. I didn't realise after all these years. I keep saying that I married. I said, no one told me you were a goddamn loser. You know, walking around the house in there. Walking around the house in New South Wales. Really, I've had 30 years of that shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to clip that. Bro, the only thing she- the only thing she did right was marry me. The rest of it's been a disaster. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to clip that and send it to you so she can clip your ears. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, Kenny. Uh, take care. Say hi to Hayden. I'll do that, bro. There you go, Kenny. Yes, Kenny. <laughs> oh, so good to hear from Ken. Man, he's a good astute man. He loves rugby league. He loves rugby union. He knows all players that are coming through the pathways. It's an exciting time. Whether it'll have the same impact, I think it will. I think Kiwis absolutely start, love State of Origin. I think it'll sell out. There won't be a ticket left in that stadium. We'll shoot off. We'll come back and we've got a couple of messages to get through. Experience effortless shaving like never before with Gillette Fusion Pro Glide 5 from Chemist Warehouse. Only 1724. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, welcome back. Izzy Kempe for breakfast. SCNZ just coming up to 8 o'clock. We just had Ken Laban on talking state of origin. It is back here, hopefully, 2026. We get to witness the best league players in the world on our own doorstep. I think it'll be outstanding, but there's still concerns from Tony Kemp. Where will the money be spent? Kempe's off the back fence. If you missed that, you can head over to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. And get that take. And we also had Ken Laban on as well, so you can listen to that. Luke Smith talking Formula One. Coming up, we've got Matt Burke, the great Wallabies fullback. We all have memories of the great one running around and absolutely breaking our hearts when that time when the Wallabies had the Bledisloe Cup. It was so long ago. Well, we reminisced. We spoke about the current state of this Wallabies side, the pathways, the physicality posed by South Africa. It's all coming up, so stay tuned just after 8 o'clock. Matt Burke talking Wallabies. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. All right, it's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, and we've got the one and only, the legendary Matt Burke on. He broke our hearts plenty of times. I watched him growing up. He was an absolute champion. He's on the phone with us right now. Matty Burke, how are you doing? Uh, boys, good morning. I- I'm well, I'm well. You know, it's... It's funny when you talk about those intros there, um, there is it, 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 um, I just know I'm getting old now, man. That, that's the thing. Like it's, I, I saw someone, that, I, was, I was watching my daughter play a game of footy yesterday, and um, she was playing some 10s action, 
and uh, I got introduced to a young uh, referee, and he said, "Yeah, this is Matt Burke." And I said, "You're going to have to go back to YouTube, and they're going to have uh, what they call curtains on the side of the videos because the videos are so old." You know, like it's uh, they make good memories. You know, you and I have good memories. That's exactly right. Yeah, the glory days, Berkey. Look, you're a part of the golden era for the Wallabies. You broke our hearts plenty of times, mate. Have you had you had a chance to reflect and go back to those days when you, Gregan, Larkham, you know, uh, were running an absolute muck, Horan, Herbert? Yeah, it's 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 one of those. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you know, I, I translate that into uh, to today's time. Uh, and think of perhaps the lack of success that Australian rugby is having. And, you know, I work at Channel 10 now, so I present the news and we always talk about, uh, you know, sort of sports and different sports. And, you know, rugby league dominates, you know, this neck of the woods over here. Um, but I always remind them, you know, that uh, that we had an, an era where it was, you know, pretty special from sort of that... Mm. Uh, from the up to sort of putting us sort of in a, in a in a spot where we could grow to to 99 or a few results after that um you know it, it's and it's a it is great to reflect absolutely but you know it, if we keep thinking about the past we're not going to be able to get any better uh, at the moment and it's and it's a it's been hurting uh for, for the lack of success i think um uh is it from, from the amount of mm. times where we're, we could have been so close but we're not there uh, and then people remember, um, you know, people love going back in history and, re- and remembering the Greg and Larkin, you know, the, the Horan Littles, the, the, the front row of, you know, Blades, Kearns and, and Harry type thing. So um, it's great to be a part of that era. But, you know, like everything, you've got to rewrite history. And, and we're, I'm looking for, I'm waiting for that next group to come through to, um, to try and do that. So it's, it's great to reflect, mate, as you say. You know, it's great to look back on the history. Mm. Don't worry, I get the kids to watch the highlights, mate, absolutely. They, uh, <laughs> they're, my, they're my number one supporters. <laughs> oh, you probably get the same reaction as I do. Dad, chuck something else on. This is absolutely <laughs> horrible. I don't want to watch you, Dad. It's the same <laughs> old exactly conversations. It. Hey, mate, yes. just, just on there. You um, sit for- and watch. Yeah, yeah, you'll sit there and watch. Oh, on, the, on the future <laughs> of, of rugby in Australia. You know, like uh, yeah. we've been talking about it for a few years now. And what would you like to see? And how do we ensure that rugby in Australia gets stronger and we can remould this identity that you paved? You paved that identity from back in the day to refine that identity. Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's a difficult one. I mean, winning helps, you know, like just, just to start mm. with winning helps. And I was only talking to, as I said, I was, I was watching my daughter play yesterday and we, we were talking about it uh, as about how to do that. And, yeah, the, the difficulty is you've got to create heroes. Um, and it's different when you're in New Zealand because, you know, there's the majority of, of the support, uh, you know, um, yeah, you're watching Rugby Union. The, the, the final, the, the Super Rugby final the other day was outstanding, you know. And, and even, you know, I'm getting people coming up to me saying, did you watch it? We rewatch it. You know, what about the skills, the kicking, the, the, the intensity? Uh, and, and I think that we can learn a lot from, still learn a lot from you guys mm. in, in the, way, the way you play. Um, still have your own character and your own, I suppose, definition of how you want to play. And, and I think that's what got everyone excited with the, this new Eddie Jones era of coming through, sort of Eddie Jones Mark II, that, you know, we're going to play with this. He called about the, the snatch and grab for the World Cup. And, and the weekend was, was disappointing uh, in, in regards to, I think, more the physicality of anything else. So, you know, the game's changed so much from when I played to when you played uh, and then mm. to, to what it is now, you know, the, and 
very defence oriented, orientated. Um, still have a chance to score tries, but it's a different way of doing it. You've got to work a little bit harder than doing it. You know, the, the day of eight blokes going to a ruck is is no longer um, sort of the norm type thing. You know, so um, you know, in, in the in the the identity uh, that is Australian rugby, you still got to be you still got to be smart. Um, I think that's the biggest one. The, the, I think the overall thing, though, is the physicality, you know, uh, and I, I know it from a, a Waratahs point of view. I've got uh, a hand in the, in the Waratahs and, and, and helping out there. And, and you know, the, we, the, the semi or the quarterfinal last year against the Chiefs, it was just, it was just, it was men versus boys. It was just too big. So until we find those big boys playing rugby again, you know, we're, we're always going to be, we'll compete, but we'll just be off, you know, off the pace. And, and that's a, that's an incredibly frustrating thing. Um, and so once you can do that, and as I come back to that, heroes, if you've got heroes, you know, and kids can see the heroes, they want to play uh, the game of rugby union, you know. And at the moment, you know, league's dominating. AFL is, is also getting a real good stranglehold, especially in Sydney. It's a massive game here uh, in Australia in itself. So um, it's, the, it's an identity of, of finding heroes. I think that's probably the big one, is it? Yeah, I think we're having the same situation. There's just so many sports on offer, Berkey, that basketball's yeah, thriving yeah. here. You've got football thriving. It's just the way of sport at the moment. But just tacking back to the physicality, obviously South African yeah. rugby, the absence from Super Rugby, that would have played a part in this. But they're not going to be a part of Super Rugby for a while now. So how do we ensure, like this is a concern for New Zealand sides as well, the All Blacks, when they take on the Springboks. Yeah. Physicality was immense from them on the weekend over the Wallabies. It just shone through. How do we ensure? Because they're not going to be a part of the competition. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, it's like uh, it's like turning up to a uh, 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 a, a, a boxing match, and all of a sudden you realise you're fighting a heavyweight, and you're only sort of middleweight type yeah. thing. So um, mm. speed's got to be a, a massive part of it. But but just literally, you just got to get bigger. You know, these guys have got to get more physical. Mm. They've got to put on more weight. Um, They've got to be bigger bodies. And, and then with coming with bigger bodies uh, becomes, you know, workload issues at training and, and um, you know, uh, making sure that they can get on the field, you know, week in, week out uh, and, and compete with these guys. So it's, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very simple game, you know, as, as you'd know, that if you're physically uh, bigger than the opposition, you've got a really good advantage to be able to get over that advantage line. And, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning for us, uh, for our guys, was a case of that. They made it easily over the advantage line. We struggled. Now, this, mm. the, 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 well, I wouldn't call it new rush defence, but the rush defence is certainly putting pressure on, on players on, on the outside. Um, you know, I mean, the only time I think I ever saw rush defence uh, when I was playing was when Jonah came out one day and he got Ben Tune and <laughs> just iced him. And, and, and I think the play came up, that was, we won't call that one again. You know, it was like, it was one of those ones. So normally, you know, when we played, it was it, it, your defence was always coming through your inside, and so you sort of knew you could get the ball away. Where now, eyes inside, defender coming from outside, and you're just going to get absolutely crushed. So, you know, a lot of a lot of they've just got to be smarter in their plays and how they get around that. So, um, how that is, I don't know. Um, if you haven't got that physicality, so it's a big part of it, you know, and, and you know, you're not preaching to the to the converted here with physicality and being. Um, uh, a staple diet of, of South Africa. That, but they've always been that way. From When we first sort of started playing them again in 1993 and, and through that, mm. they're, they're, they're big boys, they're big humans, 
and and they and they love the contact. So you just got to get ready for it and just start throwing them and, and throwing them and throwing them and and and, uh, and and try and keep pace. And then the individual skills will come through. Um, you know, the individual brilliance of players uh, like the, you know, the, the the Richie Mwangas and, and, and the Barrett, you know, the Barrett brothers, that will come to the fore uh, when you're playing those big guys because a bit of a mismatch happens uh, with fatigue. So it's a, it's a hell of a balancing act. That's for, that's for sure at the moment, is it? Well, uh, with a performance like that, Berkey, uh, you know, when the result and the scoreboard reflects, it could be easy for yeah. pundits out there and particularly uh, Eddie Jones to make a hell of a lot of rash changes. You look at the back line, you've got Quay yeah. Cooper, Ikitao, you've got Vunivalu, Tom Wright, Korobeti, quality players, Reese Hodge. If there is going to be in changes, would you like to see any or would you like to stay steady with some cohesion and build combinations? I mean, that's, that's the word, cohesion, uh, as you said, Danny. That, that's, that's what makes great teams. Uh, but I still mm. think, uh, from a, especially from an Australian perspective, we're still trying to find who is our best number 10. Um, and, uh, and and remind me, mate, did you go play some time in, in in Japan? Did you finish up in Japan? Yeah, finished up in Japan, had a crack over there. Didn't last too long, though, Berkey. The knees were a bit, bit horrible. Yeah. But, 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 but what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get is that, you know, the, mm. the, the game up there is a little bit slower, a little bit less physical. It's and different. you're asking these guys to mm. come back and play test footy now. And we saw Bernard Foley mm. do that last year and, and controlled it sort of well in, in Melbourne. Um, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is, you know, you've got to be playing tough footy week in, week out. And I wonder if that's going to give them the, the right pathway to be able to do that. Um, but I was really impressed. I mean, I, I know it was, the game was over. Um, but, you know, do you give Carter Gordon uh, a shot? I'd give him a crack, Berkey. I'd give him a crack. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, mate, he, he's been playing really well for Melbourne. Um, he had a really good mm. year. Uh, he's, he's sort of, he ghosts like a bit of Stephen Larkamish. He's a big boy. Um, yeah, he's not, uh, he's not overly... Uh, he hasn't got the size on him, as in, like, you know, sort of chest-wise, as of yet. He's only a young pup, but he'll grow into that. Uh, but I like the way he plays. I like the way he plays flat. Um, uh, you're right. And then the, the, the wingers didn't see a great deal of ball uh, because, you're, you're, yeah, I think James Slipper said it afterwards, we defended for 40 minutes in that second half. So uh, does, he, does he wield the, uh, the axe and make some changes? I think there will be a couple. Um, but certainly uh, I'd like to see maybe even Carter Gordon get a start there. Have cover on the bench uh, for Quade Cooper if you need a bit of a, a steering hand at the end there. But um, it'll be a real challenge next week. I know, you know two uh, big trouble days for, for both teams, mm-hmm. one from South Africa, one from Argentina. Um, uh, but it'll be a, um, a, a very much on-the-line game uh, in Sydney come Saturday for both teams. What have you made of Eddie, mate? He's obviously having a big impact on the field, but rip it into that journalist post it just, oh, oh no, yeah. calling him a smart-ass or whatever. Fair call, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, 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 I can see, you know, his, his classic sort of, uh, you know, steer the direction of the questioning a certain way, you know? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, it was a, if it was a really strong journo, they probably would have said, well, okay, mate, I'll, I'll take the question back from a B team, but... Um, yeah, that was a tough loss for you guys because of the amount of players that you lost. Uh, you know, he he likes to uh, he likes to divert the, the 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 point of questioning where he wants to. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and that manipulation. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. And and he loves to he loves to control the media. Um, but it was uh, it was it would have been a, a, a big shock to the system for him. 
I think he would have thought, you know, going to South Africa, they would have been able to play a, a style um, that would have at least gotten them some points and netted, netted some points. Uh, but it didn't. Um, and it just has to be a rethink now, a rethink of how they play. And, um, and you know, he's a smart cookie. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's been around for a, for a long, long time. He, he knows the game's uh, evolved and adapted. Uh, and so he's got to come up with something again next week. Uh, you know, and, and, and even, even up front in the scrum, our scrum got, got pumped um, you know, a number of times. And, you know, when you're under pressure, you just, there's no balls to play from. We were kicking reactionary rather than sort of, you know, proactively. Mm. And so, you know, all, all things that mesh together to be a, a, a game plan. And I think they have to sort of, you know, throw it in the washing machine and, and come out with something new. All right, Berkey. Look, we, we've got the Bledisloe Cup. You know how cherished that that trophy is. You've drunk out of it plenty. It's been a while with a while between drinks, mate. What does Australia have to do to be able to come close to that? Melbourne, don't take you back to last year when you got all so close in that first Test match. Is that when the French referee robbed us? Is that that game? I can't quite remember. Remind, remind, remind me of that. Don't game. bring it up. Uh, Don't a, bring it up. <laughs> I just have to like just remind people. Um, oh, look, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a different way of playing South Africa, and you would know it yourself, mate. Mm. It's a different way of playing South Africa mm. than a different way of playing New Zealand. And I think you guys yeah. against New Zealand, part of me against South Africa, played a, a better style to suit them. It was it was physical. It was fast. Um, our games, you know, certainly when we play New Zealand, you, you lift for those games. Um, and you lift because you know uh, what's been at stake or what is at stake and what's been there before us. And so, um, you know, it, it, for your guys, they don't want to be the team that loses to Australia for a Bledisloe Cup. For our guys, they want to be the team that wins it off, off New Zealand. So it's always, um, it's always a, a great crack. Uh, Melbourne to start with, and then obviously uh, Eden Park. I haven't even looked at the schedule, but I imagine it's Eden Park. You wouldn't take it anywhere else but Eden Park um, for a uh, for a return game. You know, so it's in Dunedin, oh, mate. It's in Dunedin. Who would have thought? It's in Dunedin. It's in... Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Who was... mate? You've got to you've got to sack that person who's doing the the the, uh, the scheduling for that game. What, what what's going on there? Because the last time we won was in Dunedin. I think MV was yeah. different case of the. Um, at the uh, a Shinnan chase, I think they called it, at the uh, at the House of Pain. Yeah, Carol's Brook. Oh, the good memories. I don't That's know what's exactly going it. on there, mate. We're giving you a chance. <laughs> and you've tasted glory <laughs> out of the Bledisloe Cup, mate. What are those memories yeah, like? Take yeah. us back. Uh, yeah, you, you know, it's, um, I, I, you know, you get, I, I remember talking to our spectators and our fans about that. And, and they would always talk about going to those games. Uh, and because it's been a little disillusioned of late because of the um, because of the lopsided results, you know, you'd go to those games in you know at Stadium Australia and, and, and you'd play there as well, you know, in front of the old Olympic Stadium, eighty five hundred thousand people, and you didn't know who was going to get the result, you know, and that was the great thing about it, you know, it was a a twenty one nineteen, a a fifteen thirteen, a sixteen fourteen game, um, and and they were they were great contests. You know, and and um, mm. and when you when you could step away and and win and drink out of the cup, uh, and just know that it's in your possession. I mean, it's it's quite special because you know you've achieved something special. I always talk about you know, it, you know, so who won the last World Cup? New Zealand, uh, pardon me, South Africa won the last World Cup 20, uh, 20, 19. Uh, 19. New Zealand before that, New Zealand prior to that. You know, and 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 everyone's when you look at the world rankings. Uh, Ireland first, uh, Ireland first, France second, New Zealand 
third, South Africa fourth, uh, England, I think, then Scotland, then Australia, like Australia are seventh. Um, I still, you know, you boys are still the, 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 the level playing field, you know, and, and, and cause you know what you're going to get, you know, you know, when you, you know what you're going to get when you're playing South Africa, it's a kick game, it's a physical game, it's a kick game, you know, and, and they get results from there. When you're playing uh, your boys, it's like, and yeah, you might, you've been there, you, you, you see an opportunity and you go and it's on. So you can never be off. Like South Africa don't run from their own try line. You folks run from their own try line. The French <laughs> run from their own try line. Um, so you know you've got to be, you know, eyes up and, and switched on. So when you do get a result, so going back to the question, when you do get a result, it's, uh, it's incredibly sweet when you can walk away with a cup, that's for sure. Oh, it's a beautiful tasting drink out of the Lord Bled. Don't get me wrong. Look, it's not that's all it. doom and gloom for you, though, Berkey. The under twenties, mate. No, they look, bet the they I bet the, uh, the New Zealand under twenties to be, to come fifth. We yes. came sixth, so the pathway is healthy. I know. You know what? I just saw the email this morning come through, and and little Teddy Wilson, who is David Wilson's son, who was a bit before your time, but he was our our number seven. He was captain for Australia there for a while. There, that's his son playing in that team, captaining. So um, nice. Uh, we, we're getting this. We're getting this Northern Hemisphere flavour at the moment. Um, uh, Easy mm. at the moment, yeah. As in, you know, uh, the French uh, did a number on your guys. Ireland did a number on our guys. England drew with us. So um, certainly, uh, the, the the Northern Hemisphere teams and the way they're playing the game is 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 certainly creating um, a little bit of concern for for our crew down mm. south. Um, it but, is. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's a couple of wins uh, to us this year. One to you in that in that twenties format. But there's some yeah, there's some good talent coming through there. And and when you when you spread that talent in amongst the senior guys, uh, they learn so much straight away. So I'm looking forward to um, you know what these young guys can bring uh, in the next couple of years. It's going to be great to see. Beautiful, Berkey. We appreciate you joining us, mate, and talking Wallabies, Eddie Jones. And uh, the Bledisloe Cup can't come soon enough, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Legend of the game. Love watching you play when I was a young chap, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Berkey. And uh, and vice versa, mate. Loved your work. All right, buddy. Take care, my friend. There he is, Matt Burke. Great to catch up and and chat to to Berkey. Obviously talked a lot about the game in Australia, where they're at with the pathways, trying to find the next heroes. For Wallabies Rugby, uh, it was great to catch up with them. We'll shoot away and we'll come back soon. You're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter. Welcome back. Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. Just quickly, there's a window between you two. Is that good? Are you missing each other? Well, that's, yeah, this is what we've had to do. Is um, I was sitting in the main studio with Kempi, but uh, HR sent us an email and said, hey guys, we'd rather you just uh, <laughs> sort of separate rooms for I'll now. T- so. I'll tell you what I sent him, some toothpaste. Oh, thanks, Tony. <laughs> and I bought you some new glasses. <laughs> <laughs> the window's fine, thank you very much. Yeah. Although all your spits on it, which is a bit yuck. Um, <laughs> hey, boys, uh, Wimbledon update for you. Um, we uh, have our quarterfinalists uh, just quickly on the men's side. Uh, so you've got 
Yannick Sinner going up against Roman uh, Safadulin. Uh, that is tomorrow, 1.15am, if you're that way inclined. Uh, and then Alexander, oh, sorry, Andre Rublev going up against Novak Djokovic, 1.45. And then on Thursday, can, you're going to have... Can anyone beat him, Sammy? I'll tell you in a second. Medvedev versus, uh, Uba- versus Eubanks on Thursday and Carlos Alcaraz versus uh, Holger Rune. Uh, on the women's side, uh, you've got um, Iga Swiatek going up against Svitolina. Uh, Pegula going up against Vondrasova. Uh, Vondrasova. That is both, uh, those games both tomorrow and then on Thursday you got uh, Keys against Sabalenka and Jabur against Ribikina, who is the... Unjabur! Come on! Who is the defending champion. So here's the thing... Um, Here's the thing about Wimbledon, uh, Kempi. You've got a whole bunch of big names there, guys like Carlos Alcaraz and on the women's side, Iga Swiatek, who have never made it past the fourth round. Um, I don't even know Iga Swiatek might not have made it past the third round. Um, and, I mean, Joker, it's Joker's to lose. Um, I don't mm. think he's dropped a set. He might have dropped one set um, through the tournament. Although Alcaraz this morning did an absolute number over Berrettini, who you'll remember um, had a massive win uh, against... He knocked someone big out on Sunday. Uh, Sverev. He knocked Sverev out. Uh, but Carlos Alcaraz, after losing the first set, went 6-3, 6-3, 6-3. So I think you're looking at um, an Alcaraz-Djokovic final. Tsitsipas is gone. He's gone. He would have been a challenger. He been by Eubank. Yep. Uh, Medvedev is, is, of course, a challenger as well, but I do think it's Djokovic's to lose. And then on the women's side, you've got Schwartek, but um, Rubikina, who is the defending champion. You've also got um, uh, who won the Aussie Open this year. Uh, Sabalenka, didn't she, win the Aussie Open this year. She's the second seed, uh, and she has breezed through to the quarterfinals. So uh, I think Schwartek, Sabalenka, Alcaraz, Djokovic, which is cliche because they're both the one and two seeds on both sides, but uh, (laughs) plenty of good action to come over the next few days. Boys, let's just hope the rain stays away because that's been uh, hampering Wimbledon at the moment. Lots of back-to-back days for a few of these players, and that's pretty tough to do. Oh, tampering everywhere at the moment. I've got the sun out down here in Christchurch, which is good to see, but the grass is wet and there's puddles galore. But hey, it's not my day for Country Clueless. It's Tony Kemp. He <laughs> is as clueless as anything. <laughs> How's the lake going? I'll tell you what, I am, oh. I am clueless when it comes to working the piece of land that I've got. Man, I could do with some advice, Lizzie. I'm telling you right now. All right, mate, you stay tuned and I'll give you all the advice because I've learnt plenty over the last two years living on a lifestyle block. Thank you for that wee update on Wimbledon. We'll be talking more about that tomorrow for sure as we head to the quarterfinals. But coming up, we've got our TAB live catch-up with the one and only Paul Lee Mawati. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Aroha. It's now time to catch up with the one and only Paulie Mawati. Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Paulie Mawati, where are we going, my friend? Well, I heard you talking to Ken Laban um, mm. earlier this morning, uh, and it was great to hear from him because he's a major figure in the sporting landscape uh, in Wellington and, and mm. uh, very much so in the Hutt Valley. In fact, um, if you've ever had the opportunity to go to the Hutt Valley Sports Awards, I know Ken Laban is a big driving force behind that. Aren't they? They have a huge, class. They, they have a huge black tie night, usually at the Walton Ash Stadium, I think, and they pack it out every single year. And they put on a great event. So, yeah, Ken Laban, he's a great man when it comes to sport and the community uh, at out 
the uh, sort of Hutt Valley. So, well, let's talk about uh, rugby league and origin. And I know mm. you guys like to take a few same-game multis, and I thought well, most hunters, they like to put a few try-scorers in their um, same-game multis. So I thought I'd just let you know who's been popular with punters in terms of uh, Origin 3. And, and on the New South Wales blue side, the two most popular uh, players at the moment for try-scorers is James Tedesco and the Fox, Josh Adokar. So they've been very well backed by punters. Um, in terms of the Maroons, it's the two centres. Uh, so Valentine Holmes, who... He scored 13 origin tries in 15 origins. So he's going at almost a try game. He just he has a knack of finding the try line when he puts that maroon jersey on. And, of course, the hammer, Hamaso Tabuai Fidel, um, who's off to a roaring start in his origin career. So the two centres for Queensland and the Fox and Teddy for New South Wales. They're the four most popular players in terms of try scorer market. Don't go uh, at there. The moment Don't the go moment. there for New South Wales. That's they right. haven't even got close. What are they thinking? Yeah, and 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 thanks for <laughs> throwing that out there, Paulie, because uh, I actually think that the best two to score some tries on uh, Wednesday night, uh, uh, the number uh, the number eleven, number twelve for Queensland, David Fafita and Jeremiah Nunai against a couple of uh, I think dodgy selections, um, Bradman Best and Cody Walker-Mitchell-Moses on the edges um, in and around those three in defenders, I think that's where they're going to go through there. They might get a couple the Queensland back line, but I think those two are absolute specials. Mate, what about the tennis? We're just speaking to, to Sammy about Wimbledon and uh, we're talking about the obviously the Joker and Swartek. What about the other two? Like what? What's the Cornella if we can go um, anywhere else? Is there one there? Have you put a power play on? Well, <laughs> Oh, I think we could sort something out for you, Kimmy, but I can tell you that the, punt, <laughs> the punters just can't get enough of the Joker. They just absolutely love him uh, mm. in terms of the outright winner market. Uh, he's been backed in. He features in any number of multis at the moment. So he's very, very popular with punters. Um, outside of him, Alcaraz has also seen a wee bit of support, but it really is all about and Novak Djokovic in terms of the gentleman's side. And for the ladies, uh, Swartek has been very, uh, you know, she hasn't, um, historically, hasn't. Uh, this hasn't been her most favourite tournament, but she's been backed by punters here. And Sabalenka has also come in for a wee bit of money as well. So if you, if you like favourites, they've been very well backed uh, on both the gentlemen and the ladies at outright winner markets. All right, Paulie, we appreciate anything else quickly before you let you go. We know you'll come in tomorrow with Rickon and Park Synthetic and probably give us an anchor, a stopper. But anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my study today. Now, hopefully I can find something for you at Rickon. I might be able to find something for you at Doombin as well. So, um, oh, nice. fingers crossed. Oh, beautiful, Paulie Mighty. Thanks so much, my friend. You have a good day. No doubt you'll be hearing... Paulie Mwari throughout the day as he covers all things betting and punting on other shows later on today. Uh, watch a bit live on your favourite sports at racing, tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, R18. And speaking of State of Origin, Martin has come through. Hey, guys, as much as I love State of O, I'd...
Yes, Izzy and Kempe might be clueless, but Dartmar's smart farming products are clued up. Get True Test active tags now. And I've spoken too soon. I said the sun was shining, but the clouds have come over Ōtotahi Christchurch, and it started raining again. But hey, me and Andy <laughs> Thompson go way back. We're all round up, so I'm all clued up on my farming situation. I'm all over this uh, farm life, this rural lifestyle block living. Tony Kemp, kitty kitty, plenty <laughs> going on up there. Mate, I How heard, clueless are I you? I heard what you do is like if you've got like, a little bit of water in your paddock, your horse is walking around, you throw some hay in the paddock <laughs> and it soaks up the water. This is, oh, I, I, I don't know, I've just been telling you. But, mate, yeah, look, I've been up there for near on a year now and... Uh, you know, I'm, I need a little bit of advice. I need a little bit of advice because mm, when I get mm. up there, I've got my ward, I've got my wardrobe there, and my wardrobe consists of because I'm normally living on the coast, <laughs> boardies, singlets, and I went and bought myself a pair of warehouse gumboots. Yeah, so oh, I thought no. that's this is this you didn't is, buy blue bands, did you? Uh, didn't buy blue bands. I, I like this Māori design on D- these hey, pairs. Don't lie about your bullshit. You're up there in a suit and a cashmere sweater, <laughs> and you're like, talking about farming, and you go straight for the wardrobe. Come well, on! I'm, well, when you get there, you've got to sort of feel like you're in the country. So my, my country feel is get me gumboots on, put me boardies on, me singlet, and get outside. Do you swan dry? No. I, d- I did. I bought one. I bought that one. That is I not farming last, attire, I bought Kempe. one last week. Anyway, let me let me get to the story. So <laughs> the pool's got a tinge of green in it, and I'm, oh dear. I got me I got me boardies oh. on, so I'm right there walking around, and I've got me gumboots. Chlorine. And singlet, and I've got the pole, and the pole's like 10 foot long with the scoop on it. And I'm walking around the side of the pool, and I've got the pl- the plumber coming around to check the pumps out on the on the outside pond, you know. So I'm coming around and I'm pulling, <laughs> I'm pulling the, I'm scooping up this the crap on the bottom of the pool, and the pole gets stuck between the the gazebo <laughs> and the, and me, and I'm on the wrong side of the pole towards the pool and the scoop, and I'm trying to pull it up, and then the, how do I pull it? Well, I end up in the pool. The biggest other point I end up in the pool And the guy shows up And I hop out of the pool And I've got full boots of water Bordies are fine because they're dry And I've sweat singlet So I go mate hang on Hang on he's pissing his pants And I go and I just chuck my boots off And I think oh I'll go put some shoes on So I'm walking around the pond with him I slip in the pond mate I'm telling him I'm telling him about <laughs> hey mate, like I really need you to get this pump fixed and get this pond done. And as I'm pointing to it, my foot slipped off the edge and I've ended up in the pond. <laughs> He's just absolutely <laughs> broke down in laughter. But the one thing I thought when I when I finished and had a look at it, like surely guys go through this all the time. Like you're going through it down there with Lake Dag. Like guys on on big properties, they got lots of water. They must have special boots. So what boots are they? Because if I fall in water. I don't want to have to put wet boots back on. And those $20 warehouse boots, they're in the rubbish. They're, mate, I'll tell you what, Kimby, Crocs. Crocs. Mm. Crocs. I'm not wearing Crocs. you got to wear Crocs. Put them in sport mode and you can do anything <laughs> around the, the section, mate. Honestly, you need Crocs. If you fall in, they ain't and, filling up. And, you know, they be- got holes. Because we all know how high class you are, Kimpy, you can even get like little jewels that you can put in the holes Ooh. of the crotch just to make them look a little bit more flat. Yeah, but are know? they dry? You know? What are like they called? Giblets? Well, now, if, you want, if you want something dry, that you need to go out and get a very expensive pair of gumboots or you go out and get like some proper waterproof work boots. But no, That's what I'm asking. Like, what are well, they? Go get like, some what is the brand? Like, I've seen the, you know, some guys I see, like, guys that come onto the property, uh, the first thing I do, I check their footwear. 
you know. And these guys, it's a bit weird. and I'm looking at their footwear, and I'm going, <laughs> man, those are some those are some Lamborghinis you got wearing there on the farm. Yeah, they'll think you've got a foot fetish, like <laughs> the first thing you do when they get on the farm. Jeepers, mate, you've got some nice footwear there. Is it, you know, where do you get your them? toes warm in that? Or like some guys, you know, and they've got like ones that come up above your calf, and they've got like rope on the back that you pull tight, and obviously yeah. no water gets in those. And then there's other ones. Yeah, I don't know if you know, Kippy. But gumboots and water is highly dangerous. Uh, you can sink. Mm. Um, so maybe you need some of those ones with strings up top. Oh, I've got the perfect Give them some pair, floaties. actually. When I went to Fiordland, I had these uh, gumboots that they actually suck on the side because I had a no-no in Fiordland when I, when I was down there and I went fishing. And I, I lifted up this blue cod and it snapped the rod and the rod fell in. Mm-hmm. And it was this guy's behind me's brand new rod. I had to jump in. I jumped in fully clothed with gumboots on. I could have died. But luckily enough, I had these gumboots that sucked to my calf so they didn't fill up. So you need those. That's it. What are there they called? Go. Oh, here we go. John's come through. <laughs> He's got a link. Farmland link already to the shop. Like, I tell, I tell footwear, I've, I've, I've noticed two things, Izzy, when you're, when you're on the farm. You need, like, you get a little bit cocky on the old Honda, don't you? You know, the four, the little four-wheel drive motorbike, you start to get a little bit trigger-happy with the finger. So, I'm just driving in this morning, I thought, the other thing I need is a helmet. Like, what helmet do I buy? If I'm just driving it around <laughs> there myself, like, my head's like an extra, extra large thing, you know? Like, is there a helmet that a big-headed bloke fits and feels comfortable Nothing. In? Nothing <laughs> will fit that head. And just quickly, if you ever get invited to Kempi's house, make sure you're wearing Louis Vuitton Gucci. I feel like there's a sense of, uh, you know, you've got to wear the appropriate footwear if you're going to Kitty Kitty. There you go. Kempi's clueless with the pool situation. I'll tell you one thing. Get a robot, mate. Cleans the pool by itself. You just push a button. Way easier than scooping it. Anyway, let's head over to Hawks Bay. Smithy, coming up.